When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a proud production of ITM Media. Good day to everyone out there and rambling about race and nation. Matt Beamer here flying solo yet again. I don't know what the deal is with Charlie Austin and Preston. I can't I can't tell you guys. There's a black hole of information right there when it comes to those three, but rest assured, I'm here with you. Gonna be probably a short episode, but a Hopefully, interesting one for you guys out there and rambling about Race Nation. Hope everybody's doing well out there. We had a little bit of a scare this morning with our daughter, Maury. For the past month or so, she's been kind of sick, a little cold. No no big deal up until this point, until my wife noticed that her breathing was a little off. And we decided to take her to the ER. All tests came back negative for RSV, pneumonia, flu, so... She just has a cold. First time parents jitter there for myself and Caroline. Everything's good, though. Baby's good. Mom's good. As far as Caroline is good. Just celebrated her birthday this past weekend. It was a lot of fun up there with her family. And really not much to say else going on here, except we have finished three great races here this past weekend for Formula One Bahrain, NASCAR in Las Vegas, all three series in Las Vegas, and Unbeknownst to us, because really, IndyCar has just kind of lost its luster, and we'll get more into that later on in the season, I have a feeling. IndyCar ran their opening Grand Prix there at St. Petersburg there. We're going to bring you all the recaps right there. For that, it's going to be just me rambling about racing as the name of the show goes. So we're going to go ahead and hit into this week's episode and this week's section of hey man i'm rambling on i'm rambling on because there's no one to talk to no one back again Preston was supposed to be here he fell off the face of the earth it is what it is it's starting to get late and i got to get this show out because i want to go to bed because we had a long morning this morning oh well it is what it is but we're gonna go ahead and get into hey man Folks, before we continue on with the start of Season 5 of Ramblin' About Racing, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest and greatest Ramblin' About Racing gear, such as t-shirts like the one I have on, hoodies, hats, or anyone but lineup exclusively at 
bonfire and so much more pint glasses for your beers and everything like that just head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the stores tab and there you can find the links to both teespring and bonfire all every purchase will help out rambling about racing bring you better content and hopefully more content at, at tracks around the country later on as we get there so head on over to ramblingaboutracing.com links can also be found be found in the youtube video below or on your podcast description on your regular podcast platform below again all proceeds help out rambling about race and bring you better content in the future hey man hey man and hey man, always here at Rambling About Racing, presented by Devos Outdoor Lighting. Head over to DevosOutdoor.com for all your outdoor lighting needs. Use discount code Rambling for 10% off of your order. That link can also be found in your YouTube description, as well as your regular podcast description. And of course, RamblingAboutRacing.com under the Sponsors tab. Okay, Las Vegas here. We're going to start off with NASCAR in Las Vegas here. I was expecting a good race for the trucks, then found out Kyle Busch was in it. Kyle Busch ended up winning that race. It wasn't a fun race to watch whatsoever because anytime Kyle Busch is in a race that isn't the Cup Series, odds are he's going to win. Speaking of Las Vegas, if you're going to be, if you're a betting individual, put your money on Kyle Busch, and odds are he's going to earn you back a little bit of money. Maybe not a lot of money, especially in the lower series like trucks or Xfinity. But he's going to win you money nonetheless here. And that's, it is what it is with Kyle Busch in that point. So that was the truck race there. But there was something there, come to think about it, that did happen here with Haley Deegan. And everybody's now talking about Haley Deegan just having their, her second DNF of this season after going to Thor Motorsports during the offseason. Very competitive team in Thor Motorsports, a championship-winning team, especially with Matt Craft and Ben Rhodes. That team knows how to win. That team knows how to stay up front. But Haley Deegan just isn't adapting well to it. And I think a lot of people have that happen to them. And, and they have these expectations of drivers like they can just get into anything like a new team and go, with the exception of Kyle Busch last weekend in Auto Club, not a couple weeks ago in Auto Club, I should say. Him jumping into a new team and doing that. It, folks, it doesn't happen like that all the time. It sometimes takes time to develop. I think Haley Deegan is a co good, confident driver. She's going places in NASCAR. Hopefully, she goes all the way to the top in the Cup Series. I think here in the next couple of years, we will see her in the Cup Series. If not, the Xfinity Series still developing. But cut the lady some slack. She got caught up three wide and bounced pinballed off a couple trucks and wrecked it was just a racing incident i've seen it happen hundreds of times throughout my years of watching nascar and nobody questioned the likes of tony stewart or anybody like that when that happened to them it is what it is it's a racing incident so cut her some slack people out there that are hating on Haley deegan i'm not going to say i haven't in the past but at the same time it's the second race of the year for the truck series let's let it go right there Xfinity Series, Austin Hill ended up winning the race there for the Xfinity Series from Las Vegas. Not surprised about that. Austin Hill is a dominant driver. He is a championship caliber driver there in the Xfinity Series, especially in that Richard Childress powered machine. Maybe Richard Childress here in the next couple of years will start a third car and have Austin race in the Cup Series. 
we'll have to wait and see on that one. But right now, the odds-on championship favorite, if you're looking at it from a Vegas standpoint, is going to be Austin Hill in that Richard Childress machine, the 21 car for Richard Childress. That race overall was just kind of business as usual. couple spins, couple stage cautions, but it wasn't really anything to write home about as far as notable stuff to talk about except Austin Hill winning and Kyle Busch not winning. Kyle Busch not winning in the lower series, I'm okay with in any time of the day. Then the Cup Series. The Cup Series overall, I don't know what people were thinking. Jeff Gluck's poll had a lot of people not liking the race in Las Vegas. I, for one, really enjoyed the racing from Las Vegas. The, ra- the racing there, I mean, if the driver's up front, usually the one of the Hendrick cars, the William Byron who ended up winning the race, or the Kyle Larson, they were dominating in clean air. And it took them a while to get up there from time to time after cautions. But once they got up there... They were on a rail for most of the time. But the good racing was in the back. There was just good racing all around that racetrack throughout the course of the day. And it was fun to watch. For myself, I listened to half the race, which was way more fun than actually watching the race. Danica Patrick was in there with Clint Boyer, Mike Joy, the normal Fox crew. I don't know why they need to bring someone in. Hopefully, Kevin Harvick's going to be just staying up there and no more of these guest speakers. I, I could really care about guest People coming in, we just need a regular host. I'd say, if anything, bringing Larry McReynolds from Charlotte to the booth right there. But maybe he doesn't want to travel anymore. Can't blame the guy. But the big story coming in to Las Vegas was that Chase Elliott broke his leg in a snowboarding accident, broke his tibia. He's out for a good amount of time until his leg heals. It's almost very eerily similar to what happened to Kyle Busch in 2015 when he broke his leg in the Xfinity car at Daytona and came back and won the championship after missing half the season. Now, do I think Chase Elliott's going to miss half the season? I don't know. I don't know how bad his leg injury is. You don't want to mess with rushing those type of injuries and healing. You want those things to heal 100% right off the bat. So it's going to be tough to say whether Chase Elliott comes back in a few weeks, in a few months. Tough to say with that type of lower body injury. But a lot of people are now saying, especially Kyle Petty, is getting on social media saying if Kyle Busch could have had a waiver for racing in a lower series and all these drivers, mainly like Kyle Larson and others, going down to dirt tracks and racing those with the possibility, very real possibility of getting injured, that Chase Elliott should have a waiver, and of course NASCAR is going to give Chase Elliott a waiver. Why wouldn't they? Chase Elliott's NASCAR's most popular driver did not give him a waiver. Will be shooting themselves in the foot for ratings for not just the regular season, but for the postseason as well. Yeah, NASCAR is going to give him a waiver. I didn't have to hear anybody say that. All I needed to hear was Chase Elliott out. It's like, well, he's going to get a weight medical waiver to be qualified for the championship. And more so the playoffs. There's no doubt in my mind that NASCAR is going to do that. I don't know why people are making a hubbub about it. What they expect? You know, if it was Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the mid to early 2000s, of course they're going to give Dale Jr. a waiver if it was the same situation as it is in now, the win and you're in. But on the second hand, you know, Chase Elliott isn't as competitive. Not as competitive. That's the wrong choice of words. Chase Elliott isn't as good as Kyle Busch. Said it right here. I'll say it again. Chase Elliott is not as good as Kyle Busch. So is he going to win his way in? We'll have to wait and see. 
he's got a couple of road courses coming up that if he can race in them and be competitive in them, he's got a shot. Talladega is another one and may and Daytona at the end of the regular season. But those are the only three type of tracks that I could see him having a chance to win on because Chase Elliott just isn't as good as Kyle Busch. But ironically enough, Kyle Busch did win at Sonoma in order to lock his way into the championship or the playoffs after the leg injury in 2015. So maybe we'll see Chase Elliott do that same thing that Kyle Busch did in 2015. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But overall, the NASCAR races from Las Vegas, the Cup Series was great. The Truck Series was okay. It was okay because Kyle Busch won. That's the only way it was. The Xfinity race was okay. Yeah, I didn't really listen to it. I didn't even actually pay attention. It was my wife's birthday that day, so priorities took precedence over that one. But based on the quick recap that NASCAR and Fox did, it seems like I didn't waste my time just doing that. But what I was going to bring up here was, and I was hoping Preston was going to be here so I could talk to him about it, was the fact that Hendrick Motorsports, before Las Vegas, wasn't looking so hot as far as scoring and, and, and positions and points. And I was going to dog him, hey, do you think Hendrick's on the downhill slope? Well, I think Hendrick shut up everybody this weekend and said they are a competitive team still, minus Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott isn't that glue that holds it together. And I'm a Chase Hill. I, I like Chase Elliott, but I'm not going to root for him or buy his merchandise or whatever. Except if I go to a race where he happens to win, which I have two diecasts of his on the wall. That's about the only time I'll buy Chase Elliott merchandise. I could care less about the guy. But we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Formula One now. From the circuit of Bahrain, no surprise here. Red Bull 1 and 2 with Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez taking the top two podium spots. But the big story from there, I really think, was Fernando Alonso starting fifth in the race and working his way up all day, all the way up to that podium finish in his brand-new ride at Aston Martin. I picked him to win last week, and I thought it was a... There's no way he's even going to finish in the top five or top ten. Wow, was I wrong. If you're Aston Martin and you're Lance Stroll... And Fernando Alonso, you got sell with the wind blowing in them. Because right now, as they stand, of course, Red Bull, 43 points, had just, just already starting to run away with the Constructors' Championship as well as the Drivers' Championship. If, if everybody's not careful, they're going to lock this up five races to go, which is exactly what we don't want to see in Formula 1. But then you have Aston Martin, Right there in second place with Lance Stroll and Alonso ahead of Mercedes, ahead of Ferrari. Those are powerhouse teams that they're racing with, and I'm so happy to see this car and what Fernando Alonso could do with it. It's going to be a great season. I'm hoping it comes down between Alonso and Verstappen for the championship right there. It's going to be outstanding to watch. I can't wait. And another team that caught my eyes here, it was Williams running up there, and they were no longer in the bottom. Somehow McLaren dropped all the way to the bottom. It's Now, granted, it's the first race of the season. I'll give them that. It's the first race of the season. But then Haas, not doing so hot. They're sitting ninth right now. Williams now seventh ahead of Alpha Tauri, Haas, and McLaren here in the Constructors' Championship standings. McLaren will come out of that. They'll dig, a, they'll dig themselves out of the hole. 
Haas, not so much. Alpha Towering, not so much. Alpine, maybe they'll sink below it. But if Williams keeps this up, hopefully they have a good rest of the season right there for them. I, I'm looking forward to it. And then we got IndyCar at the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Marcus Erickson ended up winning that race, Paddle Award second, and Scott Dixon third. Pole sitter Roman Grosjean ended up 17th, but he won the pole. There was a big wreck at the beginning that caused a car to drive under another car. I forget who it was because I didn't watch the race. I saw it on social media. Thank goodness for that windscreen because, I mean, after the death of Justin Wilson and Pocono, that, that windscreen in the Halo system for Formula One has probably saved a couple of lives and is a very underrated piece of safety equipment that should have been implemented a few years ago. But safety and regulations and safety protocols like that are, of course, written in blood. It is what it is. But I'm just glad they're doing their part right there. It's IndyCar, here's the thing about IndyCar. I'm going to go on a rant here. IndyCar has lost a lot of luster for me. Because the majority of their races are on road courses. And that probably had to do with what happened in Pocono when we were there in 2015 where Justin Wilson was killed. There were a lot of crashes, a lot of high-speed crashes during that race. It was really, and looking at it in hindsight, a very unsafe race. The amount of crashes there and the amount of G-load those drivers were taking were just astronomically high. The problem with that is, in a knee-jerk reaction... And to slow these cars down is not the answer. I mean, the best race of the year is not the Indy 500 for me. It's Texas coming up here in about a month. What IndyCar did was said, it was say pretty much, hey, we're going to go away from high-speed ovals like Pocono to more road courses. When I think they could really go back to like a Milwaukee mile. They used to race an auto club too. That, that would have been... A fun race to watch. Of course, not anymore since they're reconfiguring it. But Michigan, I don't know why they don't go up to Michigan anymore. There, there's a lot of places like that. And it doesn't have to be the two-mile high-speed oval. But at the same time, isn't that what fans want to see? Is those cars pushing 230 for 500 miles? I know that's what I would want to see if I was buying a ticket to an IndyCar race. I don't want to go to a road course. Now, there are people out there who do like the road courses, and by all means, you, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm not one of them. I don't even like it with NASCAR. I tolerate it with NASCAR. But to me, that's IndyCar's problem. They went away from circle track racing after Pocono in 2015, and to me, it's just kind of declined from there, unfortunately, because I like IndyCar. I like open-wheel racing, and, and IndyCar is right up there with it for me, but not, not lately. And that was it. That was, that was our race review there. Short and sweet one here. I'll tell you the races coming up here that we have. Uh, this weekend will be in Phoenix for NASCAR for the Xfinity and Cup Series. Saturday, March 11th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1 will be the Xfinity Series race. And Sunday, March 12th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox will be Phoenix for the Cup Series. My picks to win those. I know he won it last year, Chase Briscoe did, but I'm not going to say Stuart Haas is in any type of position to win. Their best driver is probably Eric Amarillo, and he hasn't been doing hot, and Kevin Harvick's been up there as well, but he's in the twilight. I mean, he's going away. Ryan Paris and Chase Briscoe have yet to show me that they want to even be in the Cup Series anymore at this point in the 2023 season. 
Denny Hamlin, I feel like, will win the cup race. I almost called it with Larson, by the way. That, like, that late race costume with, ironically enough, a Stuart Haas driver and Eric Amarola totally threw off my pick. But I was thinking, man, I picked the winner. I already, I already gave Kyle Larson the trophy last week and won't do it again. And for the Xfinity Series race, I'm going to say Sheldon Creed gets it done there. He puts his name back up there in the lights. I mean, Austin Hill is running very well. Maybe it's time for his teammate to show up there and do some damage there and show RCR strong, not only in the Cup Series, but in the Xfinity Series as well. As far as round two for Saudi Arabia, that will be not this weekend, but next weekend, March 19th. So I'll give you more information next week when that comes up. So we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up and get into our final thoughts of this week's episode of Rambling About Racing. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about a partner that has been with Ramblin' About Racing since we were called in the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast and since we were on the Unhinged Sports Network, and that is Fanatics. Fanatics is your one-stop shop for everything NASCAR, for your favorite driver's t-shirts, hoodies, hats, die-cast, and so much more. But it isn't just NASCAR. I get my all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear from there as well as my Washington Capitals gear there as well one-stop shop for everything you need any type of sport you need links can be found under the sponsor tab at ramblingaboutracing.com as well as the under the podcast description and youtube description depending on whether you're watching or listening to rambling about racing head over there right now and get your favorite sports gears need for this upcoming season Final thoughts here on this week's episode of Rambling About Race. And again, I'm sorry I'm flying solo here. Preston just left me hanging, man. He was like the drafting partner who just left me out to dry and just passed me. I, I wouldn't even say he passed me. He had a DNS right there. So did Austin and Charlie there. I'm sorry I'm bu- bu- trashing my co-host there. But hey, man, it is what it is. Everybody's got a life outside of Rambling About Race, and it seems like, except for the host, myself, Matt Beamer. I got no life, apparently. My final thoughts here on this week's episode of Rambling About Racing. Going to start off with the Rambling About Racing Fantasy League on NASCAR.com, which there has been a shakeup at top. The Sports Stove podcast from the Belly Up Sports Network has taken the lead over Matt Camper, who now sits second. Money Team Moon Rovers is currently third. B None three fourth. S Blades fourth. Those two are tied. Six right now, SMR Operations, which is Preston. Super Sumo 32 is seventh. Grocery Getter six is eighth. DraftKings Research lineup is ninth. Sassy K is tenth. Smoking Woody 11th. I'm 12th. Charlie is 13th. And TS Pro Mod is 14th right now. And I got to have a disclaimer right there. I totally forgot to set my lineup, or else I might be right there in the. Sixth, seventh position, but totally forgot to set my lineup for this week. I should really just say I have no excuse about that one, but it is what it is, folks. And now this week in NASCAR, March 8th, 
1987, Dale Earnhardt crashes in practice but drives a repaired Chevrolet to his 22nd career victory in the Miller High Life 400 at Richmond Fairgrounds Raceway. And that happened March 8th, 1987. Dale Earnhardt driving a repaired Monte Carlo, I can only assume, to victory right there at the Richmond Fairgrounds. And, folks, that is all I got here. Short, quick, maybe 27-minute episode here good enough time for everybody to just get the full effect of rambling about racing or at least a semi effect here of rambling about racing it is what it is but folks i got nothing else for you so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here on this week's episode of rambling about racing thank you so much for tuning in whether you're on your regular podcast platform or youtube really do appreciate it like to thank our partners for the show devos outdoor lining extreme sim racing fanatics and stand up to cancer for all they do not only for us here at rambling about racing but for what they do at belly up sports as well Make sure to head over to ramblingaboutracing.com to link to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest in the world of auto racing and to see what's going on with our lives as well. I can only imagine what Charlie Austin and Preston are doing like now. For Charlie Herc, it's Chuck8384, Austin Reeves, Austin underscore Reeves 6, Preston Lude, P underscore Luda, I'm Matt Beamer, Beamer 22 Stay safe and have a good rest of the week, and we'll see you after the Phoenix races.